and welcome to Irreverent Testimony, brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by four millennial and Gen X types. From a left-wing perspective, it is Saturday, August 25th, 2018. I'm Travis. I'm Rachel. And a couple things first, a couple announcements. We are podcasting from our lovely new apartment in Cap Hill. In Denver. In downtown Denver. Moved out of the suburbs, fucking finally. Yep. So, there's that. We're very happy to be here. Uh, Cap Hill is known as the Gaberhood um, mm-hmm. in uh, Denver. It's just full of a lot of um, queer people and their dogs, and it's just the most lovely thing. And I'm very happy to be here, and I'm very happy to uh, be almost moved in. We still have <laughs> some work left to do, but yeah. Um, yeah, first podcast in the new apartment, so yay us. Here we are. And that's why we weren't around last weekend. Uh, we were moving. And it was really stressful, and sort of moving is just the worst, right? So yeah, I mean, we've been—I know—absent a lot. We've been selling a house and packing and unpacking and moving things to storage, and it's been really kind of a rough couple of months. But I think we're on our way to the other side of that, and I'm really happy, and yeah. I'm really excited for moving forward. Also, tomorrow is my band's uh, album release. We're dropping our debut album. The band is called Marry the Dead Man. The album is called Haunt. It's wonderful. I I always say I'm going to put a link in the show notes uh, for those of you who go to the podcast on Podbean. Uh, I will actually do that this time. So you can buy it, buy it digitally, buy an actual physical CD if you still use that medium, which a lot of people don't. Um, but uh, or, or that, and then we, have we our also show. have T-shirts and stuff available for sale at some point, right? Yeah, that's not ready yet. Okay, but uh, at some point, just keep a lookout because it's really good, and um, I think it's going to be fun. And I'm going to be the merch girl at the show tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. 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 Yeah. yeah. So if you hear this tonight and you happen to be local, Seven Circle Music Collective. Uh, we want about 10, the doors open at seven, a lot of great bands start at eight, blah, 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 blah. You probably are not anywhere near, uh, or around us, but if you are, please come and, um, support local art and local artists and local art collectives in your area, wherever that may be. Okay. So on to the news of the world. Uh, it was a big week. We have talked a lot about, okay, is this the week that the dam finally breaks and everything starts to turn to shit for Trump? And this may have actually been the week that, that actually really in earnest started to happen uh, in case you don't follow this stuff. What do you want to start with? Well, I think that, I mean, the big news of the week is <laughs> the big news is the, the day, right? It's Thursday. Is that right? When Paul Manafort was convicted on eight counts and at the same time, no, literally like Monday within Tuesday. hour, well, it was literally within hours. Uh-huh. Um, Michael Cohen uh, pled guilty to a all bunch of, of stuff. All kinds of stuff. And, and, and directly implicated In doing Trump. so, directly implicated Trump. Without in using commission his of name, a crime. but it was Correct. obviously Trump he was talking about. Right. So with the benefit of a lot of legal analysis and things that have happened over the last week, um, nobody knows exactly what's going to happen. We don't have a crystal ball. But we know that um, Trump, he's real fucked. We know that. We don't know what that, that's going to look like necessarily because... He doesn't know what it's going to look like either. No. And he's been melting down. Obviously, um, yeah. And so, I don't know. What do you what do you want to talk about in terms of this? I mean, I... Well, there, there's more. Uh, and there's more important stuff too. 
uh, involving the Trump kids specifically. We knew that we knew they were they were going to get checked off the list eventually and be in this in the crosshairs, and now they are. Um, but yeah, let's let's start with Manafort. Uh, guilty on eight of eighteen counts. It was hung jury for the other 10 because of one holdout juror. Right. Every other 11 jurors wanted Which to convict him on all counts. You I did. I think I told that. I you said did. that too. I said, yeah. I bet it's one sticky You said you only wicked. need one, right? You only need one, and I bet there's one that's just refusing to play ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you'll get acquitted on all of them, but he'll get acquitted on half or something. I don't know that you predicted that, but you predicted that it would be one juror that would could fuck things up. And they did. And, you know... In the criminal defense world, that's good, right? Um, we spend a lot of time with criminal defense attorneys, <laughs> and uh, that's the way the system is supposed to work. In this case, it's frustrating, right? Because in interviewing all of the jurors, and this one woman in particular who's a big Trump supporter and really wanted to believe that Manafort was not guilty and like didn't want to do this and like just she was just certain that oh, yeah. he she, was she not had guilty. Oh yeah, she had her MAGA hat in the car. Yeah, and- like she was ready for this and she's like, but on examining the evidence, it was very clear that he did all of those things, all of them. Right. And so I convicted him. And so that what that says to me is that that final juror, if you got a MAGA lady convicting him because the evidence is so strong, then that final juror is just corrupt that's just a that's just a shit fucking juror right uh, maybe maybe not i'm gonna i want to get into this a little bit because i want to unpack the charges he was convicted of and the ones that hung the jury okay um for me it was kind of the best of all worlds in that all like the the fraud stuff and the tax fraud stuff like they got him on like right it, one of the one of the things that really did him in was that he did not know how to convert a PDF to a word. <laughs> Which we've talked about before. So it yeah. was a really like slapdash. I don't know if he like cut and pasted like uh, like an, an image onto a PDF, but it was obviously like doctored and faked. Mm-hmm. And, and this was part of him avoiding paying certain taxes for shit that was already shady in the first place. Right. <laughs> like the shady money. He didn't want to pay taxes on the shady money. Um, and they got him on all that. What they what the one juror was hung on was like all the bank fraud stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh, good. Fuck the banks. Fuck the banks. Fuck the banks. Fuck them. Oh, he defrauded some shitty fucking banks who do business with the likes of Paul Manafort and Jared Kushner and these horrible people anyway and deny like people of color loans for houses. Good. Good. Fuck them. Fuck them. So to me, it was like the best. Right. Like I would have sure been fine if he was convicted on all charges. And of course, Fox, like people tried to spin it like half the charges get thrown out. Yeah. Well, the Fox News headline when it broke was Paul Manafort acquitted of 10 (laughs) charges. He wasn't acquitted. And I'm like, wait, stop. First of all, he wasn't acquitted. Second of all, he was convicted of eight. Yeah. But that no Fox News. Paul Manafort, not guilty or acquitted of eight, 10 criminal charges. Right. As and though so, there were only 10, right? They don't even say, and also, by the way, he was convicted <laughs> of 10. It's just a joke. It's a fucking state-run propaganda machine. It's so stupid, too, because he's going to prison. So I guess some people are going to be really confused when it breaks on the news that he's going to prison. Wait, I thought he was acquitted. Well, they just won't report on it. Uh, and for okay, people who only fine. watch Fox News, they'll just never know that Paul Manafort will go to prison. Paul Manafort went to prison. No, Here, here's <laughs> which the is other- the fucking craziest part. <laughs> here's the other thing about the ten that that 
the, the juror got hung on, uh, and, and they, they, they came to a mistrial on those 10. Um, the state could refile those charges, but probably yes. won't for reasons we're going to yes. get into in a minute. Uh, but here's the other secret. In terms of sentencing, probably not that big a difference. No. Right. No, this will be this will be a life sentence because he's old. Right. So he'll probably do. Um, I don't remember what they said. But five, five to seven years on each count or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's enough that he's like in his 70s, so he will not see the light of day. And this is not the only trial in which Paul right. Manafort I, is involved. I, I was going to get to that. People but I want to talk about something really quick because yeah. this is important. So there's been a lot of uh, haymaking about the judge in this case. Yeah. And how prejudicial he was toward the prosecution. And people are outraged about it. And I would <laughs> like be. to say... Don't be. No, maybe do be. However. Well, for, 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 the for number, different hold reasons. Hold on. For different reasons. It's great that we're having a conversation about how judges should not be prejudicial yes. to attorneys yes. in cases. Yes. That's an important thing that's part of our justice system. I wish, though, that that outrage was extended to criminal defense attorneys. <laughs> right. Who are often, regularly, dressed down in court. Oh, yeah. And told that they are wrong and stupid and all kinds of things. In front of juries. In front of juries. Most yeah. judges are former prosecutors. That's uh-huh. just the standard. Being a former prosecutor, in fact, is like, kind of like... Oh, well, then he must be make a great judge. We don't have the same standard for defense attorneys. We don't say, former defense attorney, oh, well, that he's a shoe-in then for, you know, this judgeship. Yeah. The treatment of criminal defense attorneys and prosecutors in this country is wildly um, inequitable by judges. Um, and so while we should admonish judges who are prejudicial toward either side, we should recognize that this happens all the fucking time every single day in municipal courts, in county courts, state courts, federal courts, appeals courts, all the way up the line. Yeah. Judges who most of whom were former prosecutors are just prejudicial toward the defense. And you see this every time you watch a true crime documentary about somebody who was convicted of a crime that they didn't do, right? The staircase or uh, um, the what's the other one? Uh, All of them, right? It always comes down to when you drill down, like the prosecutors were corrupt. The Mm -hmm. cops were corrupt. Mm -hmm. The judge was prejudicial toward the prosecution. And all of that combined leads to innocent people going to jail for crimes they didn't commit. So just think about that is all I would say. Right. Just think about that. And when you think about judges, like, yeah, it sucks. Like we're all like, fuck Trump and fuck Manafort and fuck this judge for sure. But like this stuff happens every single day and there is no public outrage about it. Right. But back to this trial, some people do believe that the judge's uh, histrionics, for lack of a better term, may have yeah. led to that one juror being hung because yes. on some of the bank stuff, he, he, he said out loud like, you, this is not a you really calling this a crime are you what are you talking about he said about? something about how like rich people are like have value and we shouldn't be saying that they're bad because rich people are good and yeah, then he, he said literally when he was sending shit. the jury away when everything was done he said like don't take anything I said <laughs> um, just forget it all, just forget all everything that, that I said. said that was prejudicial toward the prosecution 
Okay. Now, the, the, bell. the problem with all of this, as I see it, and I might be wrong, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just surrounded by them. Um, is that the judge's behavior in this case could potentially be grounds for appeal for Paul Manafort. Yeah, um, yeah. He could request a new trial because the judge uh, was, so out, of was so out of control. But out of control on his side. So probably... It doesn't matter. Not. It doesn't but matter. It doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter. If the, ju- if the judge was not behaving in a fashion that is um, uh, unprejudicial, then that could be grounds for appeal, even if... Now the, st- now, the prosecutor will make the case like, oh, yeah, the judge was out of hand, but it actually benefited... Right. Uh, no. He, so it probably won't work. But maybe, it's just, maybe, it's maybe just when judges misbehave... It creates problems. It creates... And they shouldn't. And this is, again, this is very simple. If you're the judge... And you don't like the evidence, you know. I mean, like you, you, you can suppress evidence. You can refuse to you, allow well, evidence to be you, admitted. You can only do that if someone asks you to. Well, I'm sure the defense asked for all of it to be suppressed. I would hope so if they have any sort of, you know, competent <laughs> defense. I'm sure there were many motions to suppress all of the evidence. The, um, I, I just think there's a, with what I read. There's a lot of common sense stuff that the, the, the judge could have acted much differently in a way that would not have prejudiced the jury while still sticking to his whatever beliefs about whatever shit he wanted about to. how bank fraud shouldn't be illegal or something like <laughs> yeah. that's not your job when people talk by the way when people talk about like activist judges oh i always laugh because it's like that's not what that's this 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 might be a case where that's true but yeah. it's not usually what they're talking about it's usually no. like they're overturning like some you know unconstitutional awful racist thing and people are like well that's just being activist this is a judge who was like rich people are better than poor people and don't demean rich people in my courtroom basically and you're like wow that is okay wow yeah because they all right what the prosecution tried to do and i'm a little sympathetic with the judge on this they they were really trying to harp on before they got to all the fraud stuff And, and i understood why they were trying to do this on this lavish lifestyle. Yeah. Like, he has these ostrich skin uh, pants and he takes these lavish right. vacations. But I think well, that... Well, I think they were trying to present a motive, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's right. I mean, I think, it, I think it is material to the case that he um, had this lavish lifestyle and wasn't willing to give it up and was willing to commit fraud to continue to have it. Maybe, but the prosecution didn't do a good job of exp- either explaining that to the judge or the judge just thought they're trying to put wealth on trial and this is about the facts. So I, I kind of get where the judge is coming from. I, you know, obviously I was not there and I haven't like read the transcripts. Who fucking has time for that right now? Um, but I would say that if they did not present evidence that it was material to the case, to why he may have done these things, then they did a bad job. But I can't imagine that they would have brought it into evidence and it had been allowed into evidence without proving that it was material to the case in some way. And, the way that I would see it is that it's material to the case because the reason that he wanted to defraud these banks and wanted to lie about how much money he had and wanted to not pay taxes and all of that is because he wanted to live yeah. this oh. lifestyle. I mean, and, and it is was, material and, to and the case that, that he lived like this. He was kind of broke and he had made some bad business deals. and Right. But then whatever. he went to Russia and worked for the Ukraine and came back and didn't tell anybody. And, you know, I mean, that's all coming <laughs> then, later. That None of that had to do with this. And we're still not sure why Trump picked him. Not really. I mean, we know why, but well, we don't uh, have evidence in court yet to prove it. That's what Mueller's doing. He, he needed a, a, another Russian liaison. I mean, he was surrounded by Paul that. Manafort came in and told him he'd do it for free. Right? 
It's that simple. I mean, he's this operative who has a pretty good track history. And he said, I'm just believing you so much that I want to work for you for free. And Trump was like, you know, it's his ego. So he's like, yeah, fuck yeah. This guy's got a history and he like knows shit. And he's like, you know, he's he's got all these connections and he's this big businessman. And he, you know, he's got the Russia connection too. well, there's more we don't we don't know. Well, there's a lot we don't know. But I mean, this is my speculation is like, well, in the most innocent way we know, but we don't know. Right. Uh, We we know that it was an attempt to grift and not just because the, the, the connections that Manafort already had. He was already working for. You know, Putin-backed puppets in the Ukraine and all over right. Eastern Europe. It's not—he didn't need to chair the Trump campaign to do that. It was another avenue for even more stuff we don't know about yet. And yeah. Michael Cohen, we also know, was using the opportunity of working in the Trump campaign to sell access to Trump for Correct. all kinds of shit. As Correct. did everybody in the Trump orbit. Like we're right. only scratching the surface of what a huge grift this whole quote Trump presidential run and presidency is. Right. It it is it is a giant huge fraud scheme yeah and which we knew uh and everybody else wanted to go along with the idea that he just wants to be president for some reason and all these people all these horrible awful people surrounding him all are real patriotic wanted to be president that's the thing right he never wanted to be the president he didn't have a plan for being the president he wanted to run for president and lose and the reason he's surrounded by all these people is because they are all in on this giant grift of Trump running for president yeah. and then building something else after and and defrauding a lot of people along the way. And so when these people from the campaign ended up in the administration, um, it became really problematic because running a campaign is real different from being the president. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not so sure he wanted to lose, Rachel. I, I, he put himself and his family in a lot of dangerous criminal liability to win. <laughs> I don't think he knows that. I don't think he knows that. I really believe that he, I've said this before, but I'm, I really think this is true. He is so used to getting away with shady shit all over the place, as are so many of these people. I read this article the other day in The Atlantic that was talking about how, I think it was The Atlantic, about how if Manafort and Cohen had never worked for Donald Trump during the campaign or his presidency, uh-huh. if they had just not done that, they would not be going to jail right now. Catching white collar criminals is really fucking hard. Oh, yeah. And it takes a special prosecutor, a special, like, it takes a Mueller to catch these people. Oh, yeah. If they had not chosen Trump, they would not go to jail. No one would even know. There are hundreds and maybe thousands of people in those circles that are doing exactly what these two did. But it's really hard to catch. If you ever watch the show Billions, right? It's really hard to catch people doing white collar crimes. Especially if they're smart, which he's not. But uh, it's, there's also just not like a focus on it. Like it's like, yeah, this guy seems kind of shady, but like we don't really have enough to get a warrant to like look through his stuff. Once you're the president, though, well, those people are, totally all, are all connected. They are, unless they're flat out mobsters, and even some of them are connected. Yep. Especially with local and state politics. Yep. But it, you know, those white collar criminals are very connected to the highest levels of power. And, you know, they donate. They're in friends. the highest levels of power well, in these cases. <laughs> well, well, now all the curtains and walls are broken down. Yeah. You know, that, that the autopsy of this experiment in putting a, a flat-out mob, wannabe mobster as president, the ramifications and unpacking all of this is, is going to take years. Agreed. And it's going to be yeah. pretty stupefying. And it's going to shine it's, the light yeah. on a lot of yeah. things. If we want to go that far... 
I don't know that you know the, us as a society and the media really want to go that far, but I hope we do. I hope we do too like, because like make, yeah. make some good out of this horrible situation. Shine some light on those dark spaces in Wall Street and between politicians and big money and between government and contractors and how we actually spend our money and who gets it and tax fraud and bank fraud and and tax evasion and offshore accounts and all this shit. Because the the ironic thing was that is exactly what Trump ran on. Was we're getting rid of all that? There's, right. there's too much of that going on, and him and his crew, his cabal, were the epitome of like doing all that. But remember nines. too, like there's this cognitive dissonance where he says that, right? And then one minute later, he says, "Well, sure, I used the tax code to benefit myself because I'm rich. That's just being smart." Yeah. So he's saying we shouldn't let everybody do this. I'm totally going to do it, though. <laughs> right? I mean, that's what he's saying. It's really bad when people do this. I should do it because I'm smart. Well, there, and that's what the system there's, says. There's, and there's so no, much cognitive right. dissonance with this guy that, you know, I, I, we just gave up way back in like 2015 of watching the media bend themselves into pretzels trying to normalize and 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 say it's five-dimensional chess and find a cohesive pa- pattern to all this when we mm-hmm. just kind of knew. It was just this big corrupt idiot who was, was going to use this to enrich himself to as much as he possibly could and figured he'd just get away with it. It's that, it's, it's it. that simple. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like Correct. now that that's coming to light, there's a lot of forehead smacking going on and you know, but anyway, moving on to the news of the week. So mere hours after the uh, Manafort verdict, it was handed down. Uh, Michael Cohen pleads guilty and, and implicates Trump and is now very obviously cooperating. We don't know to what extent, but is cooperating with prosecutors. Yes. But this is complicated, right? Yes. Because we're talking about the SDNY, not necessarily the Mueller probe directly. Because remember... Mueller gathered information about Michael Cohen and passed it along to the Southern District of New York. Uh, And they then did the investigation, and ultimately he's being charged in that district, not as part of the special investigation. So... His crimes are kind of like the same as Manafort's in a way that it doesn't have anything to do with Russia. It has to do with he's a shady mob mobbed up lawyer who had a taxi medallion business and kind of the same shit. Like they all kind of play the same game. It's bank fraud. It's lying about things. It's tax Tax fraud. fraud. It's hiding money, hiding money money. and moving money and saying you have more money than you do so you can get bigger loans and then then lying about that and then money for taxes. Right, right, right. That's it's 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 all the same game. Um, But he's being charged in this specific district. So, um, well, here there were reports, though, that he talked to Mueller. Is that correct from what you understand? Oh, he he must have. That there was an interview that was done. I'm sure he has at some Um, point. That that was part of the plea agreement. That that makes sense. And it'll come back around to Mueller. Like, it, it's hard. Stay with us. <laughs> we're trying to draw the map for you the best we can. Right. It is complicated. But what... And we're not lawyers and we don't have, like, a team of researchers doing this. We're just trying to no, understand the, it as best we can. The the problem... Well, there's, there's many problems. But the first problem and what Cohen implicated Trump for was uh, basically... Uh, the payoffs to Stormy Daniels yes. and to Karen McDougal. Yes. The two women he was banging on the golf course while Melania had just given birth or mm-hmm. while she was about to give birth or... Breastfeeding or whatever. Yeah, something yeah. like that. I'm sure she didn't breastfeed, but yeah. Yeah, well, who cares? But anyway, so he did that 
right like weeks before the election. Right. And well, it's, he so he didn't bang them weeks before the election. He directed Cullen. hush money to be paid to them weeks before the election to and, uh, shut them and, up so that they didn't come forward and yes. say this is what happened. Because Stormy Daniels was about to on sixty minutes, I want to say. Yeah. Um, and then Karen McDougal sold her story to, to the National Enquirer. <laughs> and we'll get to them in a second. Yes. Because that, but that's she all she apart sold too. her story to the National Enquirer, assuming that they were going to run it, and they did not. Well, we as we assume that she assumed. <laughs> she said. Okay. Right, well, so it anyway, matter. in any case, so for her, not, it wasn't really hush money. She didn't see it that way. She no. didn't know that it was hush money. No. She wouldn't have accepted it had she known that they were going to buy the story, buy the rights to the story, and then never it. publish it. Yeah, she, exclusive which rights. Pissed to the her story. off. Right, exclusive rights. So she she sold the story, meaning literally like they own it now, and she's not right. allowed to talk about it. Right. Assuming she assumed that they, that meant that they wanted to run it because they're the National Enquirer, and maybe she didn't know that they were in the pocket of Donald Trump. But. Right. Anyway, so the reason that this is, let's just, before we get to the National Enquirer, because that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the crime that he's been implicated in, that Michael Cohen pled guilty to, is illegal campaign contributions. Violation of campaign finance law. Yeah. Criminal conspiracy of that. Right. Not just like they like to compare it to Obama, where they fucked up some some paperwork and reporting and they had to pay a fine. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is not that. No. This is this is criminal conspiracy to violate federal election law. And why that is, because I keep hearing all of this on the middle and the other side of like, you know, why is it illegal? Why? And if he wasn't running for president, it wouldn't be. You're allowed to pay somebody to not talk about your personal life. Well, That's totally legal. Even as running for president, it's not illegal uh, if it's properly mm, disclosed. No, it is because there are campaign finance law limits. So one of the problems is that $130,000 is more money than you're allowed to contribute individually to a campaign. Right. That's just it's just more money than you're allowed to individually contribute to a campaign. And Which why, is why we think Cohen created an LLC as a shell company to, to try to. But then Trump admitted that. that he paid it. Because right? he's an idiot. Right. Again, it, it, so it, it all comes back to Trump Michael is an idiot. Michael Cohen paid Stormy Daniels $130,000. He didn't pay the campaign that, but he directly benefited the campaign by making that payment, which makes it a campaign contribution. That's just how election law works. It's not really that complicated if you think about it. Like, he didn't pay that money to her because they didn't want Melania to find out. He didn't pay that money to her because... Trump got her pregnant or like he paid that money to her two weeks before the election because he didn't want her to say something that could hurt the election, which makes it a campaign contribution. If you're paying the money to affect the election on behalf of a candidate, which is exactly what they both admitted happened, then that's a campaign contribution. And an individual cannot contribute $130,000 to a campaign. It's, it violates campaign contribution limits and then and then there's right i mean that's just the basics of it well then there's shady issues of the way cohen was then reimbursed Mm -hmm. um and and again like consulting fees of like thirty thousand dollars a month or something crazy there's another layer too it's not clear at all that this money did not come from campaign contributions right like there's no proof that it did but right now there's no proof that it didn't we don't know we don't know as the public somebody knows oh oh, we'll find out yes they're they're gonna get to the bottom of that uh, and and they sh- they could be very worried about that because that's a whole other angle. Yes, um, which is also a violation of campaign finance laws. Um, 
then, okay, so that's, that's, so, okay, so that happened, right? He pled mm-hmm. guilty to that. And his lawyer comes out and says, if it is illegal for Michael Cohen to have made this illegal campaign finance contribution, right? Illegal contribution to the campaign. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump directed him to do so, which we know because there's audio tape of him saying that. <laughs> yeah. Then if it it's probably, illegal yeah. to do it, it's certainly illegal to direct someone to do it. Yes. So then okay, that's just obvious, right? If I hire you to kill someone and then you kill someone, mm-hmm. it is illegal for me to have hired you to do that. Obviously. Right? Yeah. There's these weird conservative circles that are like, why? You didn't do anything <laughs> in free speech. Uh, free and it's like yeah, that's but, just not how criminal law works but, but right that, but, like, that, but that's twitter message board <laughs> masturbation like Mueller doesn't care what these people think or say about that no and, and 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 is it you know are they trying to get the message out enough for you know they won't be able to find a jury to convict one day i don't know but i don't either who cares and then of course the the republican the conservative angle to all this was aha uh-huh. This Cohen stuff, see, nothing to do with collusion or obstruction. It's like, no, yeah, this is other dirty shit. Right. <laughs> yeah, we haven't right. gotten to that yet. We haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. We don't know yet. Uh, it, it will, Cohen will circle back to Russia, though. He is involved in that, and I don't think we'll get to that this show, but. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so that happens. So, so that then. Happened. Then, wait, but wait, there's more. There's more. So then. Like a day later, or that night? I don't know. So the National Enquirer story Right, with Karen McDougal is really interesting. Really interesting. And I only know a little bit, so I'm going to let you fill in the rest. But okay. The, the, uh, National Enquirer is part of a big media conglomerate called AGI or AMI or something like that. Right. American Media Imbeciles. I don't know. <laughs> uh, run by this guy. No shit. His name is David Pecker. Pecker. Pecker, as in, as in Pecker. So David Pecker and Trump are boys. They're, they're buddies. They go... Way back. Way back. Uh, and David Pecker, it turns out, is now cooperating with federal prosecutors. Or was it New York? I, I, God, I'm even getting lost now. I don't remember which one, but he isn't just cooperating. He's been granted immunity. But wait, there's more than that. Oh, and I forgot the guy's name. <coughs> uh, but then, there, now... But let's talk real quick. Hold on. So okay. why? Right? What's he cooperating about? And this goes back to Karen McDougal. The catch so and kill stories. The, so when he bought Karen McDougal, who was the Playboy bunny, right, that Trump was banging. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, these women. When these women. They're banging this guy, Rach. These men. Uh, well, yes, obviously. And that goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that if you want to in a minute. But uh, it's just like. Uh, so. Ladies, come on, man. I get it, but uh, him? I mean, him? I'd rather uh. sew my vagina shut. <laughs> um, but it's you know, there's lots of reasons people do things. I know. So, I know. Anyway, so she sells this story to the National Enquirer, right? She's like, I got this thing. I think, I think, in part, from what I understand, both Karen McDougal and Stormy Daniels came out and said, you know. After the grab him by the pussy comments, they both felt compelled to be like, all right, we're going to take this motherfucker down. Like, 
everybody needs to know what kind of piece of shit he is, and let's not have this person be the president. So they were going to come forward, and Stormy Daniels was unable to because of this thing, and then Karen McDougal sold her story to National Enquirer, assuming that they were going to publish it. And they didn't. And they told her she couldn't talk about it. That's what the payment was for. Turns out, that's also, right, an illegal campaign contribution. And was also directed by Trump. And was also directed by Trump. Trump called his buddy, Pecker, and said, hey, there's this porn star I used to bang, and she's going to, like, maybe say something. Buy her story, and don't publish it. And they were like, done. So they did. That's illegal. And, and. (laughs) Can't do that. Right. And David Pecker didn't say, okay, I'll take care of that and pay out of my own company's funds they were also reimbursed i didn't know that actually oh yeah, oh, yeah. so and, and again we don't know where that money but it came doesn't from. matter because he violated federal election law by making an illegally large campaign contribution by paying her oh, oh but he th- made a contribution to directly affect the election on behalf of a candidate in an amount that violates the limits of campaign but if oh, it's if it's with campaign funds that's even worse Correct. That, that, that's like, getting into John Edwards. Story. Well, right. So, like, that's a crime. But then also, if he was reimbursed with campaign funds, that's another crime. So we have two crimes. Yeah, potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. But wait, there's more. Correct. <laughs> this is where I think the panic is really, it has to have set in, in between Trump and the Trump family. Uh, oh, God, I forgot the guy's name. The Trump Organization guy? Yes. Let me look it up. Go ahead. I'm so sorry. There's been so many names. Chairman so of the news. Trump Organization. Of the Trump, yeah. Trump Inc. Trump Foundation. Foundation, Trump sorry. Trump Foundation. Yes, which is his supposedly charitable arm, which we know is yeah, yeah. just... Yeah, a front for bullshit. A, yeah, yeah when right. When they were going after the Clinton Foundation, which actually does charitable work, this Trump Foundation was just, just a total front for God knows what else. And only now are people interested in that. Um, I mean, we talked about it... But, but. <laughs> Alan Weisselberg. Alan Weisselberg, yes. Was given immunity by prosecutors to testify. So, so maybe Pecker wasn't given immunity. It was this Weisselberg guy that was given immunity. Well, I, well, I know Pecker's cooperating. Right. But this guy specifically was given. So he is the CFO, which is the chief financial officer. That's important. He has the books. Of the Trump this says Trump Organization, not Foundation. Right. Trump Organization, the Foundation is under, is under that umbrella. Okay. But the Trump Organization, that's all the money. So that's all the money laundering operations for the Russian real estate. The real estate deals that the Russians pour the money into. And then and then they flip them to hold the Russian mob money. All that stuff that we have been talking about and Kegro has been talking about. Yeah. Um, for months and months and months and months. That's the guy with all the that keeps those records. Chief Financial Officer. This is right. this is huge. This is he has been given immunity in agree in and in, so that he will testify about all the things he knows now about the finances of the Trump organization. Yeah. Now let's back let's like, back up, Rachel. Let's back up. What? Now it, let's explain to these good people why someone might be first of all what granted immunity means. Oh. Why someone might be granted immunity. Mm-hmm. And, and why this is even would even be a thing with this guy? Like, if federal prosecutors called him up out of the blue and said, "We want to talk to you," he could say, "Go fuck yourself." Right. Well, but why has he now been granted immunity and ostensibly accepted immunity? Well, so the Trump organization, we already we we speculate with 
fair, fair certainty, um, is an incredibly corrupt um, organization that commits a lot of um, money laundering and fraud and lots of financial it crimes. It goes way beyond the election and the president. Right. This has nothing to do with that, right? Well, no, no. It's got plenty to do with it, but the shit that they do goes way beyond, way beyond the, the election, election right. and, and what's happening in the White House now. So this guy has all of... So I guess the first question is like, why would they grant him immunity? And that's because he knows all of these things and he has evidence of all of these things. And if they want him to tell them that evidence or tell a grand jury that evidence or tell a jury that evidence, he would be implicating himself in all of those crimes too. Because as CFO, he was not only aware of all of the crimes that were taking place, but was also probably committing most of those crimes at the direction of Trump or his family. Exactly. And so he has no reason to want to talk to them or tell them anything that he knows because he will he will then just be saying it's like going it's like walking into the police station and being like, okay, when I was seven, I stole this thing last night, I raped this girl, I murdered this woman last night, I got in a car accident. You don't go into the cops and tell them that because then they're just going to charge you with all of that and then you're going to go to jail. Well, you could do that in Texas and still get bail. We're going to talk about that later. But so so he has no incentive to tell them anything. Right. So why would why would there be an immunity deal for this guy? Like what would compel the only this guy reason to, to sit across from a prosecutor and tell them all of that and say we're we're willing to grant you an immunity deal. Immunity meaning you are immune from prosecution from anything you tell us having to do with these specific things. He why? can't be like I also murdered somebody and have immunity no, like no. that's not why, part of it. Why would they offer that and why would he accept that? They would offer that because they believe and have evidence that he has so much bad information or good information about bad deeds, right? Well, no, he I, is the. I'm speaking more fundamentally than that for like people who are new to these terms, like immunity and what that means. Let Let's say I decided to set up a heroin operation out of this apartment. Yeah. And I had you keep the books for me. Yeah. And one day, the. The cops pulled you in. I mean, like knowing you, you wouldn't voluntarily cop to cop cops. But let's say there was Fuck an arrest no. warrant, right? Uh-huh. Or a warrant to search the house or something. And they pull you aside and they say, we know you've been keeping the books for this heroin operation. There's a way you can stay out of prison. You better flip on Travis. And we're willing to offer you what? Immunity. Immunity. It's just, like I said, it's immune from prosecution. Meaning that they're not allowed to charge me with any crimes related to the crimes I'm admitting that I took part in. But the point is, the only reason this guy would accept an immunity deal is if they came to him and said, you're in a lot of trouble, Alan. Yeah, Alan, we know all of this. Now, it's interesting, we'll get, just as a basic level, we know all of these things happened, we have enough evidence probably to prove it, but if you testify to all of the things that you know, we will not charge you with any crimes related to this. Anything that you tell us, all the crimes that you committed, which we know you did. Well, that's if it's all the crimes Remember, that you. Sam, well, this is relating to this. Right. This is relating to this. If he killed somebody or he raped his wife or he, you know, committed financial crimes with somebody other than the Trump organization, he can still go to jail for all of that. Yeah. But relating to this investigation, any crimes that you admit to us that you took part in, which we know that you did. We will not charge you for any of that. Well, let's assume, but you have to be fully cooperative and let, tell let, us everything. Let's assume he had a decent lawyer and they said, 
you have blanket immunity for any financial crimes you did for the Trump uh, organization. Mm -hmm. How about that? Mm -hmm. Which is probably what they... Yeah. Yeah. Um, So you take that deal. You fucking take that deal, for sure. And if not, you get indicted and then they'll squeeze you, which is what is happening right now to Papadopoulos. It's going to continue to happen to Manafort. Well, and this guy, like, the CFO of the Trump organization, what this tells us really more broadly, I think people understand the concept of immunity, but what this tells us more broadly is that, like, you don't accept immunity unless you committed a crime, right? (laughs) Like, you don't say, like, if a cop were to walk into my house right now and be like, I'll offer you immunity to tell me... I'd be like, what? Tell you? I don't know. I've not done, again, I've never, I don't commit crimes, so tell you what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I hadn't committed a crime, there would be no reason for me to need immunity because I didn't do anything, well, and that, I'm not that, being accused of doing anything. So, like, if you accept immunity in exchange for your cooperation, you are, as Trump would point out, a rat, which is an interesting <laughs> term. Um, interesting. It probably means that you committed a crime. I mean, it definitely means that you know, and you know they know, and you don't want to go to jail. Well, we could put on our cynic hats and say, there is a crime that prosecutors are prepared to charge you with. Correct. Whether you or actually... multiple crimes. Right. I would like to read a tweet that I just remembered real quick about snitching. 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 Or no ratting out. S- <laughs> yeah, you love that the president of the United States is like, no snitches. No snitch. Don't cooperate with the cops, everybody. Kids, you hear that? The president just said it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I okay. agree. Don't cooperate with the cops ever. Um, <laughs> but the president is tweeting it. No, I know. It's Mr. ridiculous. Mr. Blue right? Lives Matter. But, like... What? I mean... Hold on. Where is this? <laughs> Why is my Twitter not working? There. Okay, hold on. On snitching. This comes from at Pope Hat. Yes, I sent you that, I think. Uh, I think I got it from Sandy, but either way. If, like the President of the United States, you think, quote, flipping is bad because it's a breach of loyalty, I can't help you. (laughs) But if you think it's bad because it encourages false testimony and relies on structural defects in the system, well, there are some things you could do. Mm. You could fully fund a vigorous defense for everyone charged with a crime so that defendants don't flip because their attorneys don't have the time or resources or ability to litigate defensible cases, but you won't. Let me just preface this by saying this is talking about like flipping in general and like yeah. criminal defense and why it's problematic, and I think it's important. Um, well, let's give an example, right? Let's say three kids are suspects in holding up a 7-Eleven. Yeah. So what they'll do is they'll bring them in, they'll, they'll put them in separate rooms, yep. and they're saying your buddies are snitching on you in the other room right now, and you're going to take the fall for all of this unless you tell us everything. Yeah. Like, that's what they do. Right. And you're a 15-year-old kid, and right. you're scared out of your mind. And, right. Yeah. Okay. Second thing you could do. You could create a system where there are genuine consequences for prosecutors who conceal impeachment evidence about their cooperating witnesses. Impeachment evidence meaning evidence that um, could be used to prove the person is lying. Yeah. Um, and systems to enforce discovery obligations and track repeat cooperators. You're not going to do that either. You could revisit the structure of sentencing to shift power away from prosecutors so they can't personally dictate sentences through charging decisions to reduce the coercive power to make people flip and incentivize them to lie. But you never will. You could make law enforcement record record interviews so that jurors can more accurately evaluate how cooperating witnesses stories change to mirror what prosecutors want to hear. Uh Lol, you'll never do that either. 
You could reevaluate how, quote, process crimes, like lying to investigators, are manipulated to coerce people to flip. For example, how it's a crime to lie to the FBI, even if they already know you're lying and it doesn't delay or impact them. But nah, right? You could look into a system that coerces people to flip because they can't afford bail and will spend years in jail before trial, never mind serving a sentence if they don't flip. Not holding my breath. You could encourage a widespread culture of healthy, responsive, civic skepticism of every prosecutor's case, a real belief in reasonable doubt, instead of dick-wolfing everyone into an attitude of servile badge-licking. Yeah, that'll happen. Dick-wolf is the creator of law and order. (laughs) You could create constitutional rights, procedural fairness, and the rule of law as something other than a sneer, and stop supporting politicians who treat them as pro-criminal soft positions. But look at the mob of cretins you voted in on all sides. You could stop treating former prosecutor, this is what I was talking about, as an unimpeachable qualification for the bench and public office, or at least elevate former defense lawyer to the same level of respect. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah, No. Anyway, yeah, this is totally just about witch huts and politics. You run with that. Good luck. Yeah, but I, that's, said, I said that to Sandy. Yeah, yeah, it's so good, right? Yeah, it's it's spot on, um, and it, you know that's why I love everything's been flipped on its head head now, right? Like mm-hmm. we should be very skeptical of the FBI. <laughs> we should be skeptical of pro- this. Is what conservatives are saying this, right? We've been saying yeah. this for fucking years. Yeah, but they're only talking and the about surveillance this, they're rich, white, and, racist guy. And, they're, they're not talking about the guy who's been accused of holding up the Seven Eleven. No, fuck yeah, him. fuck him. He yeah. don't give. A, of course, he's guilty and he's brown anyway. So who cares? Right. Put him in jail. Lock him up. He's a menace. Probably a rapist. <laughs> okay. So on that note, we're gonna take a break. We got more to talk about. I really want to get into the Trump kids. Okay. And and then I want to talk about reality winner. Yeah. Which yeah. is a person, in case you forgot. Yeah, we need um, to talk about that. It's important. And then we'll get to some um, sexist bullshit too. Okay. Okay. Go anywhere. Welcome back to Reverend Testimony. So just kind of following up on what we were talking about, um, the Trump kids are now squarely in the crosshairs because they basically run the uh, Trump organization. Right. So like when he wanted to be the president and everyone was like, you have to, what do they call it? Divest, divest. which he didn't really divest. Right. And then like that lawyer guy came on and explained it all. And then the media was mad for a minute and then forgot about it. <laughs> what he did, if you don't remember is said, I'm not going to have anything to do with it, but I'm going to hand it over to my children. Yeah. And then his children started working in the white house. So like, at least one of them, Don, well, Don Jr. And Eric don't work in the white house. No. But Kushner and Ivanka do. Right. So, and I can't, I mean, that's like saying, hey, Trav, I want to be president. So I'm going to give you all my stuff. 
I'm going to divest myself of all of my interests. So that there to are no you. conflict of interest. And then <laughs> you and I will have, we'll never talk about anything or like right. know each other. We won't see each other. We won't like, it'll be just very like, there's a wall. No, fucking, it's your kids who were like constantly in the White House visiting and talking and like, anyway. So, bullshit, but go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, they've been running a lot of these operations and neck deep in them and all the real estate stuff and... Um, and, and so there's been a lot of speculation. Okay, well, Trump, this, this is, is, is just laying the groundwork. Trump will make a deal and he'll step down. And, and these are some checkmarked expert people saying this. He'll make a deal and he'll step down to spare his kids. <laughs> okay, two things. He could have done that. Yeah, two things. First of all, the, new, the state charges of New York, like, stepping down ain't gonna help. Mm-mm. That's number one. They don't give a shit if he's president or not. They may not even give a shit that he's president. Remember, the, everybody is 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 clinging to these this DOJ memo, this guideline that okay, we really shouldn't indict a sitting president. It's no law. There's nothing in the Constitution that says you can't do that. No, there is no law, for so, sure. No. Uh, secondly, Trump will throw his kids right under the fucking bus. I think. I do too. Of course. Ivanka being the last, mm-hmm. if, if he can help it. Right. And third, the president does not have the power to pardon people for anything other than federal crimes. That's right. So if he gets, if, if people get charged with state crimes, the president cannot pardon them. Governors and, can yeah. pardon them, but that's the difference between, that's federalism, right? The governor is the president of the state. Mm-hmm. But federalism says that federal authority supersedes sure but there is no pardon authority for the president of a state crime the president cannot pardon someone who was charged with you know manslaughter in colorado like that's not a power the president has so i think the thing that Mueller is being really smart about is passing off some of these investigations that don't have to do with the russia things to these state agencies so that these crimes cannot, that they're not pardonable by the president himself. Right. Right? Right. That's the thing that I don't think he maybe knows. <laughs> <laughs> or is going to sure be really tried to happy explain about. it to him. I mean, he really is like, he sees himself as the king. So he's going to be pretty upset to find out that federalism exists. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's continually frustrated by that. But Sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. No, I think he'll throw his kids under the bus. I could, uh, maybe not Ivanka as much, but the the boys. I oh mean, God, yeah, uh, Eric Jr. and Don, who who he thinks is a fuck up. No, anyway. Don Jr. and Eric, you mean? Uh, wh- whatever their fucking names are. <laughs> he was gonna like take one of them when he was uh, splitting with Ivana, and he was like, "Here, I- I've got the kid." Like he was trying to use the kid as blackmail or something. Jesus. And she's like, "Fucking take him! I don't want him." Yeah, like this really happened. Like he does, yeah. He he's not going to take the fall for his kids, which which I guess we should segue from that to Duncan Hunter. Yeah, the congressman from uh, California, Republican congressman from California. Is this like an Orange County Republican? Is that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he got busted. Uh, I don't know if it's specifically Orange County, but it's some horrible Republican bastion in California. He got busted using campaign funds for big lavish 
European vacations for his family. And, and all kinds of other things, like $250,000 in campaign funds. Yeah. A lot of campaign finance uh, violations going on <laughs> at the Republican Party, weirdly. There sure is, yeah. Not weirdly. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't do that. No. They, they, you have to account for every dime. Yes. And it cannot be spent on yourself. Correct. It has to be spent on campaign-related shit. Right. Now, there's some gray area there. There's a little bit of gray like, area. Like, I need a new suit, Sarah Palin style, yeah, yeah, to yeah. go be on the campaign. Sure. And then she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on clothes. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then, like, blamed the campaign for spending it because she didn't know it cost that much and whatever. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, yeah. So, like, there are some things that you can... There's a little bit of wiggle room, but like just you and your wife go to Italy for three weeks is not part of that. And yeah. And, You're not and, like an ambassador to Italy. Well, you just well, like went on vacation using campaign funds. That's not legal. So Duncan Hunter <laughs> got indicted for that. He did. And so did his wife. And what did Duncan Hunter do? <laughs> so they went into court and interestingly, they went into court separately with separate attorneys and uh-huh. they wouldn't look at each other. And then Duncan Hunter said, I didn't do any of that. It was all her. Like, basically, you know how women spend money. Literally, Uh, like, throw your wife in jail to save your own ass. What a prince this guy is. I mean, he's he's his best. Such marriage material. I mean, he's obviously getting a divorce. So, ladies, (laughs) hit him up on OKC. Well, you could probably hit him up there whether he's getting a divorce or not, to be honest. And probably not OKC, probably like Christian Mingle or something. Farmers only. (laughs) No, he's not a farmer, I don't think. He's just a fucking asshole rich white dude. No, he's he's not a farmer. But anyway, so uh, that's no guarantee he's going to lose his seat. Because now, like I've said time and time again... Being under criminal scrutiny now is like a badge of honor for Republicans. Like, not only is it only, oh, deep state, and everybody's out to get us, and blah, 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 the media, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, being in trouble with the law means you're a maverick, or... I mean, it's like, it's it's the, like... Not Roy Moore lost, but... The justice system, this is what you were saying earlier, it's so fucked. Um... The justice system is fundamentally corrupt and we shouldn't trust it. And I'm like, right. Right. Correct. Right, right, no, yeah. I agree with you. But no, but it's that about is correct. rich Republican white men. Right. Is, is no, but target. like, it's weird that they're making my talking points for me. It's really weird. I'm like, good. Yeah. Let's let all of the people <laughs> go. Let's stop incarcerating people. Uh, no, it doesn't. You know, it doesn't extend to brown people. Of course. But like, and... it's weird to hear they're they're out of their mouths come things that we've been yelling about for years. Well, like the now, fucking now FISA courts and the justice system is corrupt. And like, it's like, no, that's all true. Well, now, that's now, all accurate. Now, it's not con- in this case, but generally speaking, it, it's convenient yes. for them to say all that now. Because they're in legal trouble. Right. Right. So, yeah, burn the system down. Let's do it. The system is corrupt. Let's do it. I'm with you. Let's go. Let's do this. Uh, So that happened. Anyway, uh, that kind of sums up Trump's very bad, no good week. And it's bound to get worse because I think Roger Stone could be next on the chopping block. I think the kids are And I think he knocked up uh, an illegal immigrant and she has a baby that is his son. Wait, this is Duncan Hunter? No. Donald Trump. Oh, I hadn't heard about this. Okay. It's not like confirmed yet, but the <laughs> is very likely, very highly likely possibility that coming out today or tomorrow. Oh. Um, Trump knocked up one of his. Um, oh, did he do a Schwarzenegger style? Like nanny Domestic workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
who happened to be an illegal immigrant, and she gave birth to his son. Now, does that change the conversation about the wall? No. I mean, his son is an illegal, I mean, the product of... Can I back up a second? How how is she going to prove that? He's never in a million years going to do a paternity test. Like, she'll have to file suit, and they'll have to go through the courts. And So I guess the uh, door guy um, has... In Mar-a-Lago? I don't know. I think in Trump Towers. I'm not sure. No, because there's, a, there's has, a Nazi door guy at Mar-a-Lago. No, the, not that guy. Okay. This door guy from the Trump Tower in New York City um, had a... NDA, I think, that he got lifted, and he has evidence How that did that he is. Get it lifted? I don't know. It has the story has not completely broken yet. <laughs> Where did you read this? Yeah, I'm all over that this is coming. We just don't have all the details How yet. Did I not hear anything about this. I am so Twitter plugged in. I know. I'm, well, it's it's not AF. confirmed, so I can't say that this is absolutely true. But it seems to me that this is a story that's about to break. Well, we know Trump will bang anything or everything. Now he he prefers. Blonde or brunette, like Playboy centerfold. Well, types, I don't know what country she was types. from. True, she could have been illegal from Scandinavia, anywhere, and just overstayed her visa, as many immigrants do, and that's what makes them illegal immigrants. Right, right, right. And most of them don't cross the border and then just hide. Most of them come here legally on airplanes, by the way. So we don't really need a wall. Um, and then they just overstay their visa. That's just typically like, I have a friend who did that. Um, she is legal now, um, but I've known for 15 years, and she wasn't. In Miami, I've like half the people I know did that. Right. Um, so I have no idea what, who she is or what she looks like, but, um, it's well, also possible can, that like, we can guess. This was a non-consensual interaction as well. Sure, considering like Steve Wynn. The exactly the 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 his mo mm-hmm. is not always consensual. Right. Nor has Trump's been obviously. Well, I'll be interested to hear about this story. It's just another, you know, but the the media like they they tended to like recoil a little bit from the really seedy stuff. Like we know he was buddy buddy with Jeffrey Epstein, who we know is in prison for child porn and or banging underage girls. And, and trafficking. And we know he had these parties with them, and the media hasn't wanted to touch that. I know. They, they, it's too radioactive for them. Right. Even though all... They don't know how to cover that because the, it's so awful, and it's like, well, that's the fucking reason you cover it. Right. And, and there's plenty of circumstantial evidence to at least look into that, and then we had a lawsuit that was ready to go forward, but the, the who says she was raped by Trump when she was 12, uh-huh. and it was ready to go forward into court, and she backed off for a million reasons we don't even have to speculate on right um right but the media hasn't want to touch that stuff so i you know i don't know that they're going to want to go with this although they they are also the type they're also sharks when there's blood in the water then they kind of like are like oh well let's what else you got i know but i also think there's like this weird like there's so much being thrown at him right now that they're like maybe it seems like we're picking on him if we do this one (laughs) and it's like fuck you Fuck you. Uh, report the fucking news. I'm sorry that he's that much of a garbage person, but you have to report all of it. Oh, my God. Any horse shit that came up about Hillary? Yeah, there was oh, never oh. a concern for her well-being. Yeah. Or, like, maybe this is too much. Yeah. No. Like, they jumped all over her having pneumonia and, like, all the other shit. Yeah. 
Okay, so I want to switch gears because I'm tired of talking about that fucking garbage person. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about Molly Tibbetts or reality winner first? Your call. Okay, let's talk about Molly Tibbetts for a minute. Okay. So, Molly Tibbetts, I'm sure, is a name that you've heard. Um, she is a young woman who... College student from Iowa. I don't know where she was going to college, but she was home visiting Iowa. Okay. Um, went missing a couple of weeks ago. Um, and her body was recently found. Um, the person who killed her led the police to her body. She was a runner. And it was on a run that she ran into this person. And he came on to her and she said no. And he got violently angry and he killed her. That's what happened. Yeah. Um, it happens to be that it's possible that he was in the country illegally, which the right wing has just been foaming at the mouth. Oh, about. they were so giddy about it. They couldn't contain themselves. Yeah. They, they, they just very bluntly like went on the news and said, this is great for us. Yep. If, if people still it, remember Molly Tibbetts name in November, it'll be really bad for Democrats. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about this for a minute because I don't really think it has anything to do with whether or not he was in the country legally or illegally. The facts are that illegal immigrants commit crimes at fewer percentages other than being here illegally. Much lower rates um, than, than everybody than else. citizens. Um, Tucker Carlson likes to talk about how 44% of the people that are in federal prisons are, Ill- are illegal immigrants, and he's right. But that's because almost all of... Immigration crimes are, well, all immigration um, violations are federal. And so almost all of the people that are in federal prison are in federal, who are illegal immigrants, are in federal prison for immigration violations and nothing else. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a bullshit statistic that you should take with no, no, nothing. Okay. So what I would instead like to talk about is, um, this has nothing to do with him being an illegal immigrant. It has to do with him being a man and her being a woman. Yes. And CNN, do you want to talk about that for a minute? Because I'm going to pull up this thread and read it. CNN's, uh, it's startling. Oh, yeah. They had a tweet and a, and a story about how uh, a startling statistic shows that something like 70% of women who jog or run are either... Um, have reported being catcalled or harassed or something. A startling number of women, right, report harassment. Startling to who? Yeah, I think it was. Who is it startling to Mer- that? Merriam-Webster uh, tweeted like, "This is what the meaning of startling is." I don't think that word means what you think it means. I mean, and every everything on there was like, "Well, okay." About seventy percent of the comments were like, "What startling to you?" Have you met women? <laughs> yeah. Do you know women? Yeah. Have you ever talked to a woman? And even a lot of men chimed in and said that, which was good. Yeah, and then a lot of men said, why do you run alone? <sighs> why are you running alone if you know it's so dangerous? Why are you doing, why, why, why? And then there was the not all men crowd. And why are you being discriminatory against, because some of the women were like, God, fucking men are the worst, which they are. <laughs> yeah. Come at me, bro. Yeah, come at um, me, come at me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you about it. Yeah. Okay, so then... I ran into this tweet thread that I think perfectly sums up what we should be thinking about in terms of this discussion and Molly Tibbetts and her 
tragic murder and what it's like to be a woman. Um, this is a tweet by at Lana Del Grey, which is cute. It's a picture of a beach, and mm-hmm. it says, This is the last place I ran alone and carefree. A thread on Molly Tibbetts and running alone as a woman. I didn't always love running. It wasn't until I got to college that I realized just how helpful it was for my mental health. Mm. When I got depressed, instead of smoking a cigarette, I would run, or most of the time. I put my headphones in, spandex shorts and t-shirt on, and I would run circles in a small neighborhood off campus. It was the best form of self-care I knew at the time. During my last year at school, I was napping on a Wednesday afternoon, as college kids do, when a man attempted to break into my first floor bedroom window and climb into bed with me. The police later asked if I was a runner and if I ran the same route. Of course I did. I'm a creature of habit. I didn't realize running the same route would cost me the peace of mind of being able to ever sleep on a first floor apartment again. I graduated and moved to L.A., and that city just made my depression so much fucking worse. So I ran. A lot. Like a shit ton. I ran every single day, sometimes twice a day. I lived near the UCLA campus, so most of the people around me were students. Aside from a few catcalls, I ran for months interrupted. I ran a different route every single time. I felt safe. It felt so fucking good. A few months later, I moved to New York City. I had stopped running in the midst of a new job and the stresses of realizing I was apparently a full-blown adult. Eventually, my depression returned, as it always does. I started running again. I ran the same route six days in a row. On the seventh night, someone tried to break into my second-floor apartment bedroom via the fire escape. I will never know if the break-in happened because some random person thought my window was the easiest to get into or if it's because I ran the same route six days in a row. I do know that I never ran alone again. Any woman who calls herself a runner knows just how terrifying the Molly Tibbetts story is. The lengths that women have to go to protect themselves from being alone in public spaces is restrictive, exhausting, and fucking terrifying. I found out a few years ago that after the first break-in, after the first break-in, that my sister was also abducted by a few guys in a van while she was on a run in college. Thankfully, she was able to fight them off. I've never seen her go on a run since. Yesterday, my friend told me her mom stopped running after dark and bought an elliptical machine because her best friend was kidnapped and murdered while she was on a run. Tibbetts had every right to run on her own. This is not a commentary on her actions, but a reflection on how the epidemic of violence against women and yes, it's a fucking epidemic, forces women to adapt and let go of things integral to, integral to their well-being. I live on the 29th floor now. I keep a small baseball bat by my bed. I still don't sleep very well, and I don't really run anymore. Yeah, so the, the point of the Molly Tibbetts story is this one stupid, gross political thing that everyone wants to talk about now, and it should be completely different. Two of the most important people in my life are women who are runners. And I have to be honest that I worry about both of them. And they both run alone. And they have every fucking right to do so. And I worry yeah. about both of them. I, When I run, I jog occasionally, I pick a route and I run it and I never have to think about should I alter my route. Right. Should I alter my routine? Should I not run at these same times? Like, that's a thought that never ever has, has crossed my mind and never will have to cross my mind. 
and I take again it's one of those things I just take for granted I want to go for a run okay I want to go for a run shit what time is it did I run at the same time yesterday um, which oh, route wanna, do I go how do I which route how do, do I, I alter it oh, oh, that, <clears throat> should that, I wear a different set of clothes this time oh that route and goes I'll, by this creepy dark alley and I probably shouldn't run by there Okay, so I'll, I'll and map I'll, out. I won't really be able to have headphones. I'll have headphones in so it looks like I'm listening to something, but, but I, can't I won't really. actually be listening to anything because I need to be aware of my surroundings. Yeah. And then, so this also hits really, really close to home because when we were moving, I had a friend come over that I hadn't seen in a long time, and she was telling me <clears throat> about, this is in Denver, and this hit the news in Denver, probably never anywhere else. A friend of hers was running with her dog. Yeah. And she was running along the South Platte River which is right in the middle of downtown Denver. And this fucking guy came out behind her, well, in front of her at first, and then got behind her and wrapped a fucking wire around her neck Jesus. and attempted to strangle her. And she got away because of her dog. And he fled. And she is suffering serious injuries and was in the hospital for a few days, and they're doing a benefit for her. And we were talking about that, and then my friend was telling me that, like, two days before she came over to help me pack and move my house, she was going to get flyers out of her car for the benefit for her friend, who was strangled while running. And she also had her dog with her. And this guy on a bike got between her. She was, like, leaning into her car, grabbing these flyers, literally grabbing flyers, for a benefit concert for her friend who had just been strangled on a run by a man, stranger. And this guy came over and put his bike between her and her destination, and he had a mask over his face, and he told her that he had a gun, and he wanted her stuff, which is what happened to me without the bike a couple of months ago. And... She said, thinking about all of the women and all of the bullshit, she just had had a fucking enough. And she just said, fuck you. No, fuck off. The fuck away from me. And he was like, bitch, I have a gun. Bitch, I have a gun. And then her dog, Milo, my lovely Milo, came over and bit the dude in the leg, taking a chunk out of his leg. And he left. And so she is okay. The point of that is to say... <clears throat> this is not about where the dude who killed Molly Tibbetts originates. This is about this shit happens all the time to women. I don't know anybody that something maybe not to this level has happened to, but like almost everybody, almost every woman that I know has a story, has something like this that happened. It's not about his immigration status. It's about the toxic relationship between men and women in this country and the toxic nature of men. And I don't want to hear anymore about not all men. I don't care. It happens at such frequency and so fucking often. And, you know, maybe you start out just catcalling somebody. But I don't want to find out if you're a catcaller who, like, might murder me, right? Like, when women don't want to talk to you in the street or they feel, if you're a man and you're listening to this and you're like, I don't do that, why? Stop. Okay. We don't need to find out if you're the person who's going to kill us today. 
we just want you to leave us alone. And so if we're mean to you or we're not nice and we don't want to smile or you try to start a conversation or you're walking a little too closely and we walk a little faster, like these are these are these are trauma reactions and they're also just what you learn to do to try to survive. Yeah, and, and I've had that happen. I've been on the sidewalk and a woman I'm too close to her proximity for her to be comfortable and she would slow down or speed up or cross the street yep. or in an elevator and she would get off and it wouldn't look like the floor she actually wanted to get off on. And it, those things made me sad. I, I yeah. didn't take it personally. Like, what is your problem with me, lady? Like, oh Are no, you a bitch? I, I get it. Yeah. I'm a strange man and there's nobody else around. And you have, you don't know. You have no idea idea that I'm good. And there's no reason for you to try to find out. No. no. You see a snake in the woods. You're going to go over to it and let it bite you and see if you get poisoned or if it's one of those not poisonous snakes. You're going to get the fuck away from the snake. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it's it's sad and disturbing whenever that happens, but not because I take it personally that it has something to do with me. Personally, it doesn't. It's, oh God, that's what living, being a woman in the world is like. Yeah. And... It's awful. Again, as men, we take this shit for granted. If I want to go for a jog later, I don't have to do any of that shit that a woman jogger has to do. I'm going to put in my headphones and leash up the dogs and go. And I get to do that. I get the privilege of being able to do that. If I want to go out late at night tonight to the supermarket and get something to eat or, you know, or just go for a walk or go buy a, a beer... Like I go out by myself and I can walk and, and more than likely I'll be fine. I won't get harassed or catcalled or followed or robbed or raped or killed or killed. It's just, I don't have to think about it. I can walk out my door and go. Yeah. And I have the privilege of doing that and you do not. That's right. And nor do any of the other women in my life. And guys, just think about that for a minute. Mm -hmm. Uh, when you see women being hyper-defensive. And don't take it personally because they, they try to equate this with misandry. <laughs> and like, no. And, and if some women are do become full-on misandric, like... Can you uh, blame us? Can you blame us? But the women in my life, they're, they're actually not. They, they really want to meet the so-called nice guys you claim to be. Really happy to find... Men who are safe and calm and gentle and rational and and will listen to them, like thrilled, thrilled to meet those men and be friends with them. Yeah. Or, you know. Friends, lovers, partners, all kinds of things. Yeah. Like, if you are truly that, all the feminists will find you and it'll be fine. Trust me. Yeah. Like, you you are not going to get beat up or, or, or beaten or shot or harassed or not get the job if you are the nice guy you claim to be, trust me, yeah, you'll be fine. Right. You'll be more than fine. And we, I, lo- I love men, right? Like, I don't love all men, but like, I, there are some really great men in my life that I care about very much. It's not about misandry. It's about the fact that all of those men that I'm speaking about recognize that men are fucking scary and men are kind of awful as a general whole. Yeah. And and there's no reason for me to take that personally unless I have some of those attributes that women are scared of. Right. Right. And so we can sniff you out guys when, when you post not all men or when you post, 
I'm oh, a, you're just making this grand generalization, and that's right. like basically racist against men. Right. I heard somebody or, say that the other yes, day. I was like, go yeah. fuck yourself. Or when you post, I I'm a nice guy, and because why of won't these anybody give me a chance? Yeah. I I don't get a chance, and it's like, no, nah, dude, you're not. If you were, <laughs> I mean, in your experience, <laughs> as a dude that was like you know, a feminist and is okay with me saying men are fucking awful and scary. Cause yeah, they are. They are. Um, you have no lack of like ladies knocking down your door. Really? Most of the time. Sure. Whatever. But I mean, it's true, right? Like the nice guy that just doesn't understand why women won't date him. And he's just real mad about it and real angry. And because they don't know what nice means. Nice when when you're getting past the very superficial of you smile and you maybe hold doors or think you're romantic or whatever. Like nice to a real live woman means you listen to her and you're my ally. And well, even more fundamentally, like talking to a stranger at a bar, even the very first level of nice means uh, listen, have respect for as another human being. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, and like, and, and, and 90% of you quote nice guys, you don't even, you can't even get past that. No. So. Or like the very odd idea of like, I don't know, maybe I know something more than you about something. <sighs> it's possible. Now, now let me say this you know? one thing. Like I grew up in a very superficial place. Uh, Miami. In Miami mm-hmm. where you could genuinely be probably a nice guy in reality and probably not do that well with women at a certain age in a certain time period. But like then as you get older, that stuff washes away a little bit. Right. 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 Um, but that, but that's still not an excuse to be a horrible, gross misogynist. Right. And the other thing that I want to say about this is that people keep saying, even some women keep saying like, this is never going to get you what you want. This is never going to get you laid, right? I've said this before. It's true. But the thing that we miss when we say that is that two things. One, it isn't really about getting laid. No. I think men the world who doesn't revolve you, around your penis. But men who catcall you and men who uh, assault women, like men who do these things, even catcalling, street harassment, like just getting in my personal space, it they know. Well, let me. They let me, know that they're not going to get their intended result, which is like consensual sex. Can I actually? They bring want something power. Up? Can I actually bring something up? Yeah. This was I. I, I didn't never really cared for the show Sex in the City. No. But there was a great scene from an episode of Sex in the City. Uh, Cynthia Nixon, who is running for governor of New York, who I sort of love. Yeah. She's great. She's not going to win, but she's great. She, uh, her character, would walk to work every day and get catcalled by these construction workers. Mm-hmm. And she really got sick of it. And she said, okay, you know what? Yeah, let's do it right now. You and me. Let's fuck me. Right. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, I bet you, you know, he's looking at his buddies like surprised. Oh, yeah, I I bet you really want it. No, I'm serious. And he's like, lady, I'm I'm married with kids. I'm just this. Oh, yeah. Right. So (laughs) you're full of shit. And I was like, Wow. Like now, no woman should ever actually do that no, in real life. That's it's really scary, horribly and, scary and dangerous. Yeah, but it like goes to the, to what you say. It's really not about. If expressing. I do this enough times, maybe someone will actually suck my dick in an alley. Like right, no, right. That's or never this, is, this is an actual attempt. Compliment. This right. is actual an attempt to pick a woman up. It, it's it's a power thing. It's a reminder 
to women that we are not safe and you're in charge. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. It's a reminder of, hey, your body doesn't belong to you and it never has. And if I want to take it, I will at any moment in time. And I wanted you to remember that you're not in charge of your own body. I am because you're a woman and I'm a man. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. And it's my world. It's my world and you're in it. And I just wanted to remind you it's not yours and your body's not yours. And they get off on that. Yep. It's maybe not a, even a sexual get off. It's no. more like a, it's a power thing. I feel powerful. I feel It important. has to do with, I think if I want to get a little philosophical for a second, it has to do with hierarchy. So yeah. because a lot of these men are, you know, on the street and they're maybe like construction workers, um, in the realm of hierarchy of men, they're on the lower ranks because they aren't like CEOs and bankers and lawyers and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so... In or, and this happens not just to men. This happens in, in women's world. It happens everywhere that there's hierarchy. Oh, sure. Yeah. But it, with men, I think it's even more pronounced because you don't matter if you can't put your foot on somebody's neck. And so for lower class men who are seen by other men as lower than them, they need to find somebody who's lower than them. And so for low or lower income white men, it's lower income brown men. Or black mm-hmm. men. And then you start to see... And for the, yeah. lower income white men, black men, and brown men, it's all women. So all women, yeah. right, are lower than them on the hierarchy. And in order for them to maintain some sense of power in the world and some some sense of um, status and importance, they need to remind somebody else that they're lower. And so that's where women come in in public. In public spaces, it's an opportunity for men who are seen by men who are of a higher place in the hierarchy to say somebody's below me i'm not the lowest here it's you and when you start to understand that you start to understand the appeal of somebody like donald trump Mm -hmm. and then why donald trump when it's revealed he says grab him by the pussy that doesn't hurt him with those people that love him and in fact it may may help a little bit Mm -hmm. and when he says racist things it helps with those lower income white men because they he's given them somebody that they're above. Yeah, exactly. And all of this has its root in hierarchy, but all of that has its root in capitalism, which is we ha- the the masters, the owners of the capital have to give the people, the laborers, the people that they own somebody to feel above. Yes. Otherwise we'd all band together. Yeah. Right? So they have to let the white men know that the brown men are the problem and they have to let the brown men know that the women are the problem and the white men too right like they're they set up this hierarchy and they so have to that let the white women know that all the all the brown, brown people, people are, coming for are scary coming for you and your kids or your kids yeah or your husband's job yes and that's destabilizing mm-hmm. and so that's the point is because they are so few and we are so many that if they don't maintain this hierarchy and we are complicit in maintaining this hierarchy by always having to have our foots on someone else's neck then it falls apart without our complicity and buy-in to it it doesn't work and so our complicity and buy-in is feeling above somebody else that's how it works and that's why it continues to happen yep you're absolutely right. Yeah. So just think about these things. Think a little deeper. Like they say, why are people sticking with Trump? Well, there, <laughs> it's structural. Yes. It's, He's just tapped into a really interesting part of it that's really more brazen than we normally see. Yeah. Um, he's sort of shined a light on exactly what it is in a way that we can point to now instead of 
having these, I mean, we've, I've been having this discussion for 20 years about capitalism and the hierarchy and all of that. Well, we never expected but, a, such a naked display exactly, of all these Exactly, exactly. Now you can point Donald to Trump. it and say, see, this, this is what we're talking is about. what I'm talking about. This is an example, the perfect example of what I've been talking about. Yeah. And it's really awful that it's gotten to this point, and it's really sad that we're debasing ourselves in this way, but it's always been this way, right? It is, it is. And, and I think this has maybe hastened the demise of true American, out-of-control, Reagan-style capitalism. Maybe. Uh, hopefully. Maybe. Uh, I mean, it just seems unsustainable, right? And well, it seems to me like some people really, really, like when we talk about the white working class, right, what we're saying is that there are some people that are so invested in this hierarchy because of all the things I just said, because they really need to feel above other people because they are seen within their own peer group as less than. Yeah. They're so invested in this idea and so, so much buy into it that it doesn't even matter. Nothing else matters. Nothing he does, nothing he says, the downfall of the Republic doesn't matter. As long as somebody says, Yes, you are better than them. Mm -hmm. And you let them be better than them. And you let them yell it on the street now. And you let them just say it out loud in public. They don't have to hide it anymore. They get to say out loud. Even the president thinks I'm better than you. Yep. And then you can say it in the grocery store yep. and in the classroom yep. and on the streets. And and then we have a militarized police force willing to enforce that and, hierarchy. And we see these articles. Uh, why have we become so racist? Like, no, 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 no. no, no, no. This was always there yes this has uh, always we've been just there. sort of ripped off the veneer of politeness that combined with cell phone cameras and yeah yeah yep and there we are and then we're, we're so, oh well this also extends to law enforcement right Boy, and law enforcement has been militarized and has been tasked with um maintaining the hierarchy so that if a white person calls about someone lower than them which is a brown person in or a woman or whatever then law enforcement comes in and enforces that hierarchy and says, you're right, Becky, they shouldn't have been grilling. Or you're right, they shouldn't have been this. Or, or maybe or, within the law there's nothing they can do, but just them showing up and harassing, harassing somebody who's that there person the reinforces yes. that person's sense of, I'm better than them. And this is not just men, this is women too. Women, white women in particular, yeah, are really good at this. They've been on the tear. Well, they've always done this, but now but with now, cell phone cameras, mm -hmm. we see it. And, and we've started to realize, like, this is what you're doing. You're maintaining the hierarchy. I'm better than you. I'm a woman, right? But you're brown. Mm -hmm. So whiteness always prevails, right? Whiteness is always greater than any other factor. That's the thing you have to remember, white women, right? You, your whiteness, will always protect you more than your gender will hurt you. That's just the reality of it. That's what they've Your whiteness you. will protect you regardless of your gender more how, than, think about it, how, yeah, white how, women how versus else, a black man. Yeah. Who wins on that? How else do you explain that Trump after the grab by the pussy tape yep. wins 53% a majority he didn't just come close a majority of white women he wins yep. how else do you explain that because something something economy that's no. the thing about feminism ladies feminism without intersectionalism is just white supremacy right yeah, your whiteness will we get to. always win out over your over anything else white women versus any other race of man, your whiteness will protect you. And your 
closeness and proximity to white men helps. Okay. So. That's it for us. Uh, again, we've <laughs> gone off the rails and got a little philosophical on you, which we want to do. Uh, yeah, uh, we covered a lot. We will be back next week. We're going to try to line up some guests coming down the road. We can't tell you who. Um, but yeah, stay active, stay tuned, stay involved. Uh, buy a CD, please. Uh, yeah, that'd be I'll great. Put the links. Go to Married a Dead Man. I will put the links up in the show notes. And uh, see you next week.